Did I make it in time? I think so, yeah. Um, Just probably put this away, huh? Put what away? Yeah, screw it. I don't care. Well, one, there's no video. <laughs> this is true. Um, two, I don't is think that our listeners. Uh, yeah, and two, I don't think our listeners are going to care that you have an upside down cross with the swastika on it. <laughs> oh God! No, just joking, folks. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Orange has a very large silver crucifix on him today. What is with that? I've had this. My mom got it for me for Christmas. I haven't seen you wear that. I don't think though. I haven't taken it off. <laughs> that under your shirt? Yeah, I usually have it tucked in. Well, when I'm doing this, we don't get to. You know, that noise. I mean, are you afraid of, like, a uh, vampire getting here or something? I mean... No, it was just a promise I made to wear it. So, here I am, weathering it. <laughs> I'm going to try to talk her into getting a bigger one next year, like four inches. <laughs> flavor, nah. f- flavor Flav as a uh, Christian. Just, like, big old, <laughs> like, you know, it was a boy, Jesus time! <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I got nothing here. You got nothing here, huh? No, no, no. Are you ready for the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting, we're doing an evangelism episode, eh? I could probably do one of those, even yeah, though I'm I non-religious. I, I mean, couldn't. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'll laugh and comment. That's what that'll be about. It. We do the COVID nineteen. You've seen that video, right? No, I haven't. Oh man, that's I'll I'll show you later. I'll show you later. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Uh man. Um, you know, totally changes subjects here. Uh, I think. That we need to, as a a public service announcement here, mm-hmm. we need to put out that there are a there is definitely a difference between two vehicles. Well, yeah. Tell me I'm, how, I'm how many. To see where you're going with this. Tell me <laughs> how many times have you seen somebody confuse a Land Cruiser with a Land Rover? probably been one of those people okay all right so fair <laughs> enough fair enough in the early days not not since my uh, education you know I, I've, I've learned it a little bit more let's talk about that in a minute okay it's time to hit the trail Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So, uh, so I'm hoping he's going to cut that out. In the event that he doesn't, we need to explain. Um, and even if he does leave it, uh, we can still explain. So we are uh, unchaperoned no. again today. Yeah, def- <laughs> definitely unchaperoned. Uh, that, no that video right now, folks. Um, this is, we are doing commercial-free episodes right now, and we are doing non-YouTube. Uh, the reason for that is we are still in construction of the new studio at the same time both John and myself have been insanely Stupid busy. busy. <laughs> uh, I'm working like 60 plus hours a week at my day job, 20 plus hours a week at my side job. Um, we are just, and then go, go, go with all the personal projects, yeah. trying to still tinker with stuff, still trying to build stuff. It's just, uh, it's crazy. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Shouldn't have done half of what we're doing. But Pro- we did. Pr- probably. It's there's too a num- late to back out now. Yeah, there's a number of things where it's like, I'm this far along. Like, uh, what? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so the Land the Land Rover Land Cruiser thing, mm-hmm. um, and there's a reason I kind of bring this up. 
Oh uh, yeah, we're doing the Land Rover episode today. I forgot. We are not. <laughs> episode sixty-two. We've <laughs> promised for probably twenty episodes we're going to talk about the sixty series Land Cruiser, which I promise we're going to get to in a minute, listeners. Um, one minute, I'm going to start timing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, Here, yeah, no. So here's the deal. Uh, Stephanie, as you know, has been car crazy, uh, car shopping for the better part of probably three months now. She she saved up money to buy a decent used vehicle. Mm-hmm. And she has. You keep looking at that thing. Yeah, I, know, I told you. I'm yeah, giving you a minute. minute. Now, you're okay, you're almost thirty seconds into this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she loves my Land Cruisers. Mm-hmm. She loves uh, the Lexuses, which are based off the Land Cruisers. Yeah. But she recently put a deposit on a Land Rover. I'm sorry. I know. I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, it has a, according to Edmunds, it has a 2.5 out of 5 reliability rating. Just so you know, the average vehicle is 3.8. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I My entire lifehood experience with Land Rovers mm-hmm. is I've, I've worked on... No, I've worked on one, and I've been kind of a consultant on another. We had one at the shop a lot where I used to work. Use that a lot. Yes. Was it a Disco 2 or Disco 1 or, do you know, do you Don't remember? remember? Well, uh, it was the, wherever, the Land Rover, Range Rover. That, that's all I know. Was it a solid axle? Don't remember. Okay, well, so here's the deal. In the U.S., so Land Rover has actually built some pretty good products, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, for the most part, we've never gotten them in the U.S. unless somebody, gotcha. like, imported them once they were 26 years old, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or they knew somebody who knew somebody who could kind of sneak one in the country kind of thing. Yeah. Land Rover is a British auto manufacturer. Oh, um, I never knew they were Out of the UK. Yeah. Uh, Dagenham. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Great Britain. Hmm. They've been around since World War II, and we'll do Land Rover episodes in the future. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, with her driving one, I'm sure we're going to talk about Land Rovers a lot because I'm going to be tank- tinkering with it. But. Um, <laughs> The Discovery one. I know where the dealer is. I know the parts. Guy. The Discovery one <laughs> came out, and uh, it was a pretty, pretty big success in the U.S. It was mm-hmm. a luxury vehicle, but then uh, there was a lot of issues. Engine electronic, a lot. Gotcha. Um, they redesigned it completely for the Discovery two. The Discovery two still solid axle. Uh, a lot of the electronic issues crossed over, but oh. now they had more issues with some of their computer systems with like ABS and other issues. Well, and that's just where take that out. Probably well, so. that that was where I ran into the one I worked <laughs> on. I had a friend with a Disco Two, and she was having a lot of ABS problems. Mm-hmm. And I tinkered with some stuff. I never fully gutted the system, but I was able to figure out ways to trick it. And she was able to drive it until she sold it because she was sick of other issues she was having. With gotcha. It. Gotcha. Another friend of mine that I said was a consultant he had a disco too as well and he learned quite early on that they were known for spindly little drive shafts that would break mm. um exhaust issues cat issues a bunch of other stuff that he electrical stuff you he ran have into to, like feed it water it or just it messes yeah. everywhere yeah uh, exactly like, i mean pretty i just much. mean the cat oh cat issues yeah. yeah no it just sleeps everywhere you know ah, doesn't gotcha. wake up Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha. The uh, no, that, that sounds like a problem solved. Land Rover knew that they had I'm basic. Kidding, I don't mind cats. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Land Rover had basically made a mess in the U.S. Um, with, uh, you know, the Discovery series. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of their more industrial series had done okay, like their Defenders and stuff, but their mm-hmm. Discovery series, which was uh, kind of a civilian yeah. version uh, and meant to be more like your soccer mom kind of vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are people that wheel them. Don't get me wrong. There are people that wheel them. Oh, but yeah. they they knew that they'd made such a mess with the 1 and 2 in the U.S. that for the third series Discovery, they did not call it the Discovery. They actually <laughs> dropped the Discovery name, and they just called it the LR3. The rest of the okay. world still calls it the Discovery. Yeah. In the U.S., because of the U.S. spec emissions, U.S. spec mm-hmm. electronics, it's the LR3. Gotcha. Now... The reviews are still mixed on the LR3. Mm-hmm. That's what Stephanie put a deposit on. She put a, gotcha. a deposit on an 05 LR3. Now, it's got a lot of cool options. We're going to have mm-hmm. to tinker with it. I think you're going to enjoy it uh, as long as this thing comes through. Um, but uh, where you know, Where's it coming from and when she get it? Uh, it's coming from a couple blocks over oh, from nice. an import auto place. Oh. Uh, it needed a one minor repair that was part of the deal, and mm-hmm. apparently the part is back ordered. They're waiting for it now. Get used to that. <laughs> I so I'm I'm that. my anxiety on having a Land Rover in a yeah. Land Cruiser family, and I know the people that listen to this yeah, I understand. episode. It's like bringing a Ford home and a Dodge or Chrysler family. Exactly. We're oh, gonna yeah. share this in the Land Cruiser pages and stuff, and I know that I'm probably gonna get eaten alive. People are gonna be like, "Oh my God, what did you do? You know, you brought a so Rover." So next week on the Jenny Orange Show, we're gonna have a whole topic of discussion. What happened to Keith? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but here's the deal now. Uh, kind of using this as kind of a, a, a bridge point jumping mm-hmm. off. The Discovery Series was Land Rover's first attempt at really selling a luxurious version of an off-road vehicle to the U.S. market. Gotcha. Land Cruiser, which is made by Toyota out of Japan, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of it. We've talked about them on the show a lot in the past. They have great food. Japan or Land Cruiser? Not Japan. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Japan, um, they built this military-grade, super overbuilt, beefy vehicle, still in production today. The Toyota Land Cruiser's been in production for, uh, since the 50s to now. Yeah, I thought and, I had it somewhere here. Um, yeah, 1951. Yeah, that would, yeah, yeah. the original series. So, uh, But we're not going to go back. We've talked about the earlier series in a other episodes. Bit, yeah. yeah, we have, a little bit. But we wanted to specifically hit up the 60 series. Now, people may say to us, uh, especially Land Rover listeners who are, I'm sorry, Land Rover, I just did it myself, Land Cruiser listeners. I'm going to try to remember to call you out every time you do that. You're going you're gonna to have to. You're going to have to. Land Cruiser listeners um, you know, that are listening to this episode, maybe for the first time listening to Whelan, are going to go, well, why are they talking about the 60 series for episode 62? Now, obviously, they know that the FJ62 was the last model of the 60 series. Mm. They might be like, oh, why didn't you talk about it back in episode 60? Because they're all 60 series. But as you know, John, we talked about the Dana 60 axle yes, in episode yes, 60. And we had promised that way back in, like, I don't know, episode 8 or something. So, yeah. you know, it had <laughs> been a long time. Up, so. so we kind of had yeah. to do it. 
But episode sixty-two. So um, I see. I see when you got your famous list of notes here. Which new listeners, John does this a lot. He prepares a lot more than this, and then he relies on my useless encyclopedic knowledge of automotive stuff. Yeah, to... I really never need this. This is just more so I have like something to say every now and then. So sometimes, sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, helps, what do you got there helps. in the sixty series? And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of see what you got, buddy. Well, this um, it is the longest running series of the Toyotas. The si- Behind the... Uh, no, the 40 series would have been. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Land Cruiser. Yeah. The Land Cruiser name. Yes. Not the 60 series specifically. Correct. Yes. 60 yeah, sorry, series specifically ran for t- a decade, 10 yeah. years, 1980 yeah. to 1990. So there's but, a little okay. bit more of the, hist- the history side of it. Okay, so leading yeah, up yeah. To it. So, yeah. So, the, the Land Cruiser, Toyota's longest running series, second only to the Chevy Suburban. Yes, I knew that. Yep. Yeah, they've only been beaten by the suburban. Um, but uh, note on that, uh, credit to a, we're a four x four podcast. Mm-hmm. The Land Cruiser received factory four wheel drive from the beginning. The suburban oh. did not get factory installed four wheel drive till nineteen fifty seven. Maybe I did know that because I remember the Napco episode. Yeah, okay. you can That's get a Napco suburban yeah. as far back as forty nine. Nice, but. Those were dealer-installed conversion kits. Yeah. Uh, the Chevy Suburban didn't get a four, four-wheel drive until 1957. Nice. 1951, you said, or 52 with the Land Cruiser? Uh, 51. 51 yep. with the Land Cruiser was four-wheel drive. So the Land Cruiser is the oldest continuously built four-wheel drive vehicle. Yeah, just behind the Suburban. Or four-wheel drive, yeah. I'm, four-wheel drive, It's yeah. been a long day in the heat. Yeah. I, I might same, the, the name, <laughs> using the same name, Suburban, yes. for a model. Yes. Not make. Makes are different, yeah. the model. Yep. The Suburban has been in production longer, but the Suburban was not four-wheel drive until 57. Yeah. The Land Cruiser beat them out. So the Land Cruiser still being in production, as mm-hmm. is the Suburban. The Land Cruiser is the longest produced four-wheel drive vehicle in history. Excellent. Good to know that. No, I take that back. Well, yeah, no, I guess it would be a model. You're really screwing with me today, man. Model, model. <laughs> I'm well. We're playing semantics here. Yes, this model is true. because Jeeps have been four wheel drive since 1940. Yes, but they have not used the same model because the first Jeeps Correct. were okay. MBs and then yeah. CJs and then we got you know all the way up through. So Land Cruiser as a model, not a make. Correct. Yes. So it is the longest produced four-wheel drive model of vehicle. Yes. If somebody can correct us on that, please do, but I believe that we are correct on that. Yes. So go ahead, John. Um, as of 2019, Land Cruiser sales more than 10 million units worldwide. Which is not a lot. In the grand scheme, no. I no. Mean, it's, it's a significant number still, of course, but you look at how many, you know, there are certain models that have over that kind of production. Well, I think in 1955 alone, I think Chevrolet produced more than 10 million cars yeah. Yeah. in their Bel Air and 210 line. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like you said, 10 million, that's still a lot of vehicles. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it's, it oh, yeah. is a respectable amount of vehicles. Yeah. Uh, it's their upper end line. But uh, go ahead. But what else you got there? Oh, let's see what we've got here. Maybe get down uh, to the 60 series specific or, or go gloss well, over. I, if you I'm got just, something really yeah, interesting, I, I, let's do it. I just got a few highlights of some stuff in the back. Oh, that's why they would be in yellow with a highlighter. Yes. Okay, yes. I like Gen- it. Generally speaking, that is how a Makes sense. Functions. Makes sense. Okay, let's yeah, go. Cool. Yeah. Let's go. Um, Toyota extensively tests it in the Australian Outback. So considered one of the toughest environments for temperature and terrain. So Absolutely. They, they test them there, which is great to know for quality control purposes. They're, they're testing it in the most extreme you can get 
Yeah, um, the reason is geographical. Japan is just above Australia on the globe. Yeah. So shipping costs to Australia are much cheaper than, say, shipping them to Moab, Utah, yeah. or going to Baja, I, Mexico, or something like that. I think they need to like run that. one through uh, King of the Hammers and see what it does one day. I don't know <laughs> if a Land Cruiser has... A, I'm sure at some point someone's done a modified one, mm-hmm. but I don't know if uh, anybody's ran a quote-unquote stock cruiser through KOH. Yeah. Well, I don't think anything stock is run through KOH. But if somebody's done one... They, they have different classes. I think there is a stock class for it. If I okay. I could be wrong, but I know they have like modified, like basic modified and all the way up to that crazy, insane, awesome stuff that runs like the, what was it, Chocolate Waterfall and all that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, those are sweet. <laughs> I, I think I would count a Land Cruiser have gone, have gone having have gone through King of Hammers if... They are still running a Toyota engine and Toyota axles. If they've got an FJ40 and it's got a 350 Chevy in it and Dana 60 axles, then I don't consider. I mean, it's still a Toyota body. It's still a Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah, but it would not be the drivetrain and powertrain aren't exactly. It's so modified. If somebody can tell us. Uh, listeners out there, we have a Facebook page called 4x4 Talk, or a Facebook group, yes. and it's not just for us to talk to you, it's for you to talk to us and for yeah, everybody to talk to each other. Site, make sure to check it out. Yeah, it's it's just a Facebook group. Um, yeah. Go on 4x4 Talk, join 4x4 Talk. Yeah, a couple and, quick questions get you in. Yeah, and if you've got some pictures of... Uh, you know, you're like, hey man, somebody ran a 60 in KOH, or somebody ran a old Iron Peg or something... Uh, that would be cool. Yeah, just send us some, <laughs> yeah. show us some pictures. We'd love to see it. So yeah. go ahead, buddy. So this uh, skimming over just some of the original history of how even Land Cruisers came to be. Uh, 1942, Toyota developed the AK-10 prototype by reverse engineering a Bantam Jeep. Toyota yeah. part started from that and built up, and then in '54, responding claims of a trademark violation by Willys that produced it. The I'm gonna butcher this name. The director of technology. I actually used to know it's, it's Japanese. Yeah. Hey, let me see it. Let me see it. Right, um, I used to speak Japanese. I, I've kind of gotten shitty at it lately. <laughs> uh, Hanji Umahara. Okay, that guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, they renamed it to the Land Cruiser. So 1954 is when the Land Cruiser became Land Cruiser. Which weirdly enough, uh, Studebaker used the same name. Really? Yeah, for their cars and their station wagons. Huh. Yeah, nice. only for a few years, but um, very nice. No relation whatsoever. Yeah. No relation. Um, the J50, the FJ55G and FJ55V was the first station wagon style of the Land Cruiser, which started the whole station wagon body style that evolved into where we are talking about today. Okay, technically, it's not the first station wagon; it's the first factory produced of theirs. Of whose? Of the Toyotas. No. Oh. Um, so prior to that, they had the FJ45 LV and mm-hmm. the FJ25 or the FJ20 LV. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I think it's 25. So many letters and numbers. Like yeah, no, I know. Get weird. But they had the, the the 40 series. Yeah. Which is the old the open top flat fender kind of version that they had. The open series. They built a station four door station wagon version, which was as we talked about on a really really old episode of Wheeling. Mm-hmm. I believe was the first factory four-door, four-wheel drive uh, SUV. Nice. And 
you know, so that, but they built a limited number of them. I don't know the number off the top of my head. I want to say it was like less than 3,000. And mm-hmm. these were hand built vehicles uh, at a basically an aftermarket upfitter that was authorized by Toyota. But they were sold nice. through Toyota dealerships. Uh, even on the museum page, we had a picture of an FJ45 LV mm-hmm. at the. Uh, um, the Tokyo Auto Show, like that, I think it was the second or third year of the Tokyo. Remember how we talked about that briefly, the Tokyo Vaguely, Audio yeah. Show? Vaguely. Yeah. And they had one there. But the first mass produced, uh, so by all means, those were low production numbers. Oh, yeah. The first yeah. mass produced was the 55. Yeah. And like you said, that was where Toyota, they, everything up to that point had been utilitarian, mm-hmm. open top. Um, rugged type vehicles. Bare bones, the, basic, get in, get the job done, get out kind of thing. And at least the 55, they kind of went to what they called a station wagon body at the time. Now we call them SUVs. Yes. But yeah. they went to the station wagon body uh, with the 55 series, which was still a really, as you know, we have one in the museum. We got, yeah. the, we got the 1970 FJ55 yep, in the yep. museum. That thing is cool. Super <laughs> rugged vehicles, yeah. not a lot of frills on them. Reminds me, I got some barn find pictures to show you later, some... Uh, Neat, neat Chevys. Oh, please do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, very rugged vehicle. And, oh, yeah. Uh, that, the FJ55 ran all the way up to 1979 mm-hmm. when they replaced it with our topic of the day. The J60. The J60. Yeah. They just, not FJ60? Well. Well, J60 yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah, because F, <laughs> F in North America denotes a petrol or gasoline engine. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. So they, they had the F-Series 2F engine in them, which huh. is a straight-up, quote-unquote, authorized version of the Chevy 216 straight six from the 50s. Nice. And so the 60 Series comes out, and man, I am really hoping, I am really hoping right now that you came up with some really cool hot topic points that maybe stuff I don't know about the 60 series. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Uh, well, obviously, it was produced 1980, 1990, most markets. Yeah, I think the, they went up to 92 in, like, Venezuela or something like that. Steal the note from me. That was my next one. Go ahead. Come go on. ahead. No, All right. no, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, All no. right. Go ahead. We're going to skip over that one now. All um, right. Front engine, four-door wagon, seats five to eight people. It's, uh, it's obviously well-known in the off-road world, off-road capabilities. Uh, it does say it's limited in its up, awkward departure angles, though. Oh, my God. Look at the rear end of mine. <laughs> uh, so, listeners, uh, especially new listeners here, I have what we have called for a long time Project Brat Pack mm-hmm. 60. We call it Brat Pack FJ60 or Brat Pack 60. I've got a 1984 FJ60 Land Cruiser, and uh, I swapped in an H55 five-speed trans out of a BJ60, and I... Put 529 gears in it, 37 inch boggers. 529s in it. 529s. Holy crap! That's dude. why. It, that's why it wheels like it does. Good locked, lord! I didn't know that. Locked front and rear, 529 gears. Holy hell! And uh, that's why I needed the overdrive, man. Yeah. That's why I needed the H55. That makes sense now. Prior to that, it only did like 45 miles an hour. <laughs> so I've got a Weber carb on it, a header, and um, 37 inch boggers. Uh, I had to put. Um, bump stops in it, uh, <laughs> drop-down bump stops. I have Old Man Emu 3-inch lift kit on it. And, yes, you can fit it without body rubbing as long as you limit the upward travel. Uh, I don't have a lot of flex in it, but as you mm-hmm. can see in my rear quarter panels and how smashed they are to the bottom of that vehicle, 
the departure angle sucks on a 60 series. That's what a BFH is for, sir. That will That's what rocks are for. Or that. Or that. Yeah. yeah. My 60 series <laughs> and Land Cruiser Purists out there, if you think you're listening to Wheelan and you're going to listen to an episode right now about how to restore a concourse <laughs> restoration FJ60 Land Cruiser so you can drive it to the concourse de elegance and you Just can stop now. Yeah, and save no. Yourself that. <laughs> My 60 series is beat. There's not a straight panel on it. Um, it's. It's used, it's abused, it's yeah. loved. We have a great time with it. Um, would I love a completely restored one to drive to work or drive to the store? Absolutely. Mine's way past I'd be, that point. I'd probably still beat the hell out of it, though. <laughs> the value, well, the value right, is... So, I take it back. If it were something that's like fully restored, I'd treat it nice. I'd there's be a nice fully restored it. FJ60 sitting down at the car lot around the corner from here. Oh, really? I pulled in the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's got two 60 series sitting there. He's got an FJ62, and then he's got, nice. and then he's got the 60. The FJ62 is straight up like ready to go wheeling in. It's nice. it's rhino lined. It's all beat up. It's nice. You know, perfect. So, but this fully restored FJ60 comes in. Mm-hmm. I look at this thing and I go, and I pull in. I know the the lot owner, and I'm like, hey man. I'm like, what? And I'm hoping that maybe he doesn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But he's a car guy, so oh, I kind of figure he does. does. And I'm like. What do you got on that? And I'm mm-hmm. hoping he's gonna be like, oh, five grand or whatever, you know. <laughs> and you take. He goes, dude, I just sold that thing. I said, I didn't Aww. see, and I go, I didn't even see it sitting out here. And he goes, yeah, we brought it in, we had it in the shop, we did a couple little things to it. And mm-hmm. he goes, we just sold it on eBay. And I'm like, and he goes, you're never gonna believe what it sold for. And I, Uh-oh. I'm like, so I said to him, and I'm looking, at it, it's mint. I mean, this thing is Should- mint. Is that one of those? Should he be sitting down before he tells you the answer to this? Pretty much. I kind of guessed because oh. I've seen them in well, the. Well, I, I, I got to cheat Ness's question. What is this a so low you're going to be sick number or so high you're going to be amazed kind of number? Okay. Um, oh, I don't. Like let me put going. it this way. Let me put it this way. Yep. You know Jeeps more than you know Land Cruisers. Yes. What do you think a top and fully restored? Mint condition, let's say 84, 85 Jeep Wagoneer would go for today. A couple grand? No, 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 no. No, one of those restored. I'm talking like factory condition. Jeep Wagoneer. I don't actually know the Wagoneers that well. (laughs) Oh, okay. Jeep Wagoneer, you're probably, you can probably be around 20. For a completely, I'm, I'm talking repainted, reupholstered, perfect, 20 maybe even grand, as high as forty if you modernize some shit. But I'm talking, I'm like, if you, my, my jaws dropped. You can't see it behind the mic, but okay. Well, anyways, Ow. so a lot of guys would say American vehicles higher dollar because American vehicles are more collectible. Blah blah blah. blah. No, <laughs> not always. Not always. The Land Cruiser sitting down there just sold on eBay for $32,000. <laughs> fully oh, stock, shit. fully restored. Wow. Yeah. So Beautiful. Now, I was going to suggest what you need to do is talk to Stephanie, you know, go down, buy a pair of his and a hers, and, uh, you know, just buy both the Land Cruisers and be done. You know, here's the problem with that. <laughs> and I know, you, I know you're going to probably get to it, but we can jump ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. The FJ60 or BJ60, any of them that end in 6-0. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there are some really oddball Land Cruiser guys. You're going to eat me alive here. I'm not 100%. Um, uh, I'm not like a guru on these things, mm-hmm. but I know a lot about them. But I, I, don't, I know enough to be dangerous, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> I understand. I know 
from what I have read, from what I have seen, there were some late, late, late in production exceptions. But for the most part, any of them that end in 6.0 have a manual transmission. Whether it be a 4-speed or a 5-speed mm-hmm. manual, they have manual transmission. Mm-hmm. When they went to the 6.2, episode 62, get that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they went to the 6.2 <laughs> in 1988, I think, by your mm-hmm. records there, because I've only owned one of those. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 88. I didn't get the full breakdown. Of 88 that. to 90. When they went to the 6.2, FJ62, mm-hmm. they went, for the most part, at least in North American markets, all automatics. Oh. So they went from one oh. extreme to the other. They ditched the manual, went to automatics, and it wasn't even an option. Now, I know there are some 62s out there in other countries that came with a manual. Mm-hmm. There's rumors that some dealership in Seattle ordered in like 200 of them or something with manuals. Yeah. But for the most part, every FJ62 you see in North America is going to have an automatic. That's disappointing. So down here at this local car lot, the fully restored FJ60 that Stephanie would like to drive, that's even the color she likes, it's like that like kind of like glittery blue color, mm-hmm. and she loves it, is a manual. Nice. The Nice. So she's not going to drive it. Well, learn. The rhino-lined, beat-to-crap FJ62 that's got, like, mice living in it Mm -hmm. that I can get for three grand Mm -hmm. is an automatic. So the one I would drive every day... Yeah, no. Yeah, I got a whole shop full of tools. You could just... Well, that's true. That's true. That's not. (laughs) Okay, fair point. Fair point. And they do, by the way, just so you know... Uh, even though they changed the engine in the mm-hmm. 62 series, you can take everything out of a 60 and put it into a 62 to well, make your 62 you a manual. Go. There you so, go. Go back to your notes oh, because you you're going to love a couple of things that I talk about in the here. future with the 6062 uh, thing. Oh, I was going to go with some of the colors just because uh, I know you like it. And Well, we've talked paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I don't know why this was even a note in this article. but These are the colors you get at FJ60. And, or <laughs> we're, For the most part, folks, we're talking colors. about the FJ60. We realize and we understand that there's the BJ60, the HJ60. Those are all... Um, you do? I didn't realize there were so many variants. Those are the diesel versions. We did not get them in North... I'm sorry, in the United States. Canada got them in limited quality <laughs> quantities. So, yeah, exactly. In Mexico somewhat. But, but yeah, so yeah. colors. Alpine white. Brown, desert beige, freeborn red, royal blue, and then the metallic exterior colors: charcoal gray, cognac, gray blue, sky blue, stardust silver, and I had saved it for last. Root beer, Our absolute root favorite. Beer. Root yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah, mine's root beer. I love that color on it. I don't know why. It is cool. For, it's just it's just that little bit of different. It's like all right, that's cool. The first yeah. Land Cruiser I ever bought is the one that I still wheel. I've had a number of them since then. I flipped a few of them, whatnot, but I still have my first, my '84. She's root beer brown. Mm. I love my root beer brown FJ60. Yeah, so the the '60 was designed to better accommodate the emerging SUV market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just upgrades, you know, always progressing from the model before. Well, interestingly enough, point on that. Um, however, the 60 series in the U.S. at least, mm-hmm. in 1980 through about 1987, right in that that range, was double the cost of a Chevy oh, Blazer really? or huh. a, um, you know... Just because it was imported kind of thing or... Well, I, as a Toyota Land Cruiser guy, I'd like to say, quote-unquote, higher quality. And ah. in many respects, they are. The axles are beefier. There's a lot of things that are Yeah, these ones up. that are, like, obscenely large axle shafts, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah, yeah the rear axle shafts are really impressive in them. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, you know, it really they were just they were built as a luxury off-road vehicle. They had the rear okay. the rear heat. Um, they most of them had air conditioning. Uh, I was just to say that was my next one. They added air conditioning, rear heater, upgraded interior on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Two-tone interior, and where a lot of vehicles at the time were still pretty bare bones, yeah. it came standard with luxury options. Nice. That's, that's but it's nice. still a manual transmission. So it's like the, the Grand Cherokee of the Cherokees at the time, so yeah, to speak. Nice. but it only came with a manual. That, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it far superior. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I still love, there were some of those Z, or ZJs actually with a manual transmission. Few of them, yeah, like Unbelievably rare yeah. that they existed. Uh, let's see what else I got here. We talked about the engines a little bit. Ah, there was a less equipped version sold in some markets uh, in Europe, sold as the Land Cruiser Wagon Van. Ah, where do we go here? High roof version was introduced in 1981. Yeah, so those are pretty cool looking. The roof, I don't know the exact number. I've only seen one in person uh, at SEMA. Mm -hmm. I think the roof pops up four or five inches higher. Oh, nice. Um, And so it's got kind of this... You know, yeah, this is taller roof, a little more interior room. Not that you really need it. Um, mm-hmm. The roofs are pretty high on them already. The reason we bought ours when we bought ours is we needed something that we could put eight people in to go off-roading. So we gotcha. put a Suburban, for um, not first gen, we put a 73 to 87 Suburban third row seat Nice in our Land Cruiser, which, by the way, Land Cruiser people is a very perfect fit. Now, you have to make your own brackets, as we did, mm-hmm. but it fits in there perfectly. So we put the third row seat from a Suburban in there. Nice. And But we were going to do the same thing on a Wagoneer or a Cherokee, mm-hmm. only to find that the roof height allowed the third row passengers no headroom. Yeah, they're really short. Yeah, really low. <laughs> so the, the Land Cruisers with the taller roof, uh, even though I don't have the popped-up roof version, I've got the standard roof yeah. version, the kids had enough headroom. Nice. So that's why we went with that. Nice. Um, I don't know the reason why they offered the taller roof in mm-hmm. the 60 Series in other countries. Cooler option, though, they had, which you might be covering or I might be giving up the goes here. Yeah, um, I'm getting towards the end of what I had. Mine has, of course, as pretty much all the North American versions do, I've got a drop-down tailgate and a hatch. Many other countries in the world you could get barn doors. Oh, like the Chevy Suburban. Cool. Um, I think I like the drop tailgate better though. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. I, I see well, pros and that, cons to both. Was it? Uh, I probably did a completely wrong model. Uh, no, it's a Honda. It's a Honda truck. It does both. You the can, you can line. open it down. Yeah, it is, or it is a ridge line, and then side to side. Yeah. That's awesome on dive trips when you're getting. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I get you. I get you. Um, <laughs> it, it's handy. I just I wonder the longevity of those hinges. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> it's the biggest thing. But uh, I think it's... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to go on to the next one here. This one I thought was kind of cool. It was introduced in South Africa. A stock Land Cruiser competed in the Toyota 1,000-kilometer desert race in the wilds of Botswana. How'd it do? It didn't say. Oh. Um, oh, no, yeah, that was it. The next one was another note. <laughs> All right, well, here's the deal. So the Land Cruiser remained for the most part or the not the Land Cruiser the the 60 series mm-hmm. uh, and and once again I'm talking mostly to the North American market because I, I'm not super knowledgeable about their diesel options and their European yeah. options and things like that and their Japanese only option the well, JDM just market. notes on the engines That's yeah. actually really awesome. it was really a worldwide vehicle it was yeah. available on six continents mm-hmm. 
And so there is a number of differences for each market. Mm-hmm. So we have we do not have the time to get into all those differences. Now, no. speaking, though, of the North American, specifically the U.S. market, mm-hmm. we got the gasoline-powered straight-six engine was our only engine. There was not a lot of changes from 1980 to 1987. Uh, biggest change would be in, I believe it was October of 84, they extended the transmission mm-hmm. the four-speed transmission they put slightly larger u-joints and um flanges on the transfer case and the axles nice the reasoning for that was uh universality mm-hmm. because the five speed that was available overseas which also bolted only but they only put that behind the diesels they didn't put it behind the gassers but it yeah. had the same mounting pattern hmm. um was a little bit longer, and that way they could use the same. So they basically had this adapter to make the four-speed the same length as the five-speed so they could then use the same drive shafts without having to have different drive shafts. Yeah. um, I mean, it really is. They had all these cost-cutting measures. Have you ever looked at the steering wheel of my FJ60? Uh, not, Not in any way that comes to mind. So it has three horn buttons. Okay, there's one on the one on the left, one on the right, one on the bottom. Okay. Each one shows a bugle on it. Okay. Cost savings measure here, though. It's the same button. So the right one, the bugle's upright. The left one, the bugle's upside down. (laughs) And the bottom one, the bugle's pointing straight down. Nice. Nice. So cost savings measure in the 60 series is that they use the same button instead of making a separate left and right button, so the like bugle it. would be aesthetically the same. Yeah. Same thing with the steering column in a U.S. or North American spec Land Cruiser. Mm-hmm. The controls for like the windshield wiper and everything are on the opposite side of most American cars mm-hmm. because most of the 60 series overseas were right-hand drive. Oh. And so that would make sense. instead of making a different steering column, yeah, they just Basically moved the steering column <laughs> over. that mic, too. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to fix that. <laughs> Dashbo- dashboard is di- slightly different, yeah. but they did their best to make as many parts interchangeable. That's awesome. Now, the cool thing about doing that extension to the four-speed. Now, my I have an early 84, so I mm-hmm. had the short transmission in it. When I wanted to go to a five-speed, I swapped a five-speed in, and I got the drive shafts out of a uh, 84 to 87 Land or yeah, 84 to 87 Land Cruiser, mm-hmm. swapped the drive shafts in. So I, I was able to do a full bolt-together swap, no modifications. That is awesome. I could put the five-speed, the H55, which is, as we've talked before on yeah. our manual transmission episode, is basically Toyota's version of the MV4500. Nice. Or if you want to be more correct, the MV4500 is the American version of a Toyota H55 because <laughs> it predates the MV4500. Yeah, nice. So, um, Very nice. But so that's why I did that, so I put that in there. That is seriously awesome. So that was, yeah, that was the... Um, the, the main change for them. Yeah. There was minor little things. The steering box changed. Um, I'm still not sure what, though, because guys say that the early and late boxes don't interchange, but I have physically interchanged a bunch of them with no issues before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe somebody swapped one at some point. I don't know. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Um, Achilles heels of them. The rears in the North American versions were all C-clip axles. Oh. Overseas, you could get a full floater. Do they make adapters or upgrade kits for those here? Or I, I'm not sure if they make something. a full float conversion kit. Uh, somebody might, but mm-hmm. you could buy a full float axle and just bolt it in. 
There was two. That sounds expensive, though. <laughs> Usually, you can find an overseas one in the eight nine hundred thousand dollar range. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's serious money, but oh, I, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you were making a joke there. What you said, eight nine hundred thousand dollar range. I thought you meant eight hundred to nine. No, 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 I like eight hundred bucks, nine hundred bucks, thousand dollar. You know, right in there, you can find I one. It again. That's someone important. I've kind of been screwed up by the heat today. That's My head's all right. a little cooked. Um, biggest Achilles heel for most people that wheel a sixty series Land Cruiser: mm-hmm. the power steering boxes are chintzy. Oh, not I'm um, not the power steer. I'm sorry, not the, the power mounts. steering box. The power steering pump. Yeah. The power steering pump is a little tiny thing. Fortunately, swapping to a GM Saginaw pump Mm -hmm. is very, very simple. You can either do a junkyard swap yourself, or you can buy a kit from like George Esther over at Cruiser Brothers, the Mm -hmm. bolts on. Uh, The factory Toyota um, power steering lines bolt to a GM box. Same (laughs) fitting, same thread fitting, everything. That's awesome. So you just go, put it on there. That is awesome. Um, But... uh, then in 1988, they came out with the FJ62. Mm-hmm. And that was Toyota's version of the Jeep YJ. Really? That's they, I've seen those before. I've confused them. No, I'm ashamed no, to admit it. No, not the open-top FJ40. What I'm talking about, they oh. took the 60 Series, the beloved 60 Series with round headlights oh. and a cool interior and all that. They put square headlights in it. Oh. And... They made the dash look like something out of a 1992 Ford Fiesta. And they added power huh. windows and rear lap belt or rear shoulder belts. I mean, I guess that's not a bad upgrade. No, yeah, the, the safety feature is not so Okay, much. okay. I will, I mean, I will, those, are, those are good upgrades. But those then they also things. added fuel injection. They went from a carbureted engine, from the 2F carbureted mm. engine, to the 3 Nice in the sense of power, not, not nice in the sense of simplicity. Yeah. 3FE fuel injection was a fuel-injected, upgraded version of the old 2F. Mm. Um, it's similar to the 4.0, where mm. the 4-liter Jeep engine, as you and I have talked before, you could take uh, the old 258 crank, put it in a 4.0 yeah. block, build a 4.7 stroker. I still want to do that one day. That I think we talked a couple episodes ago about how you can do that with the Toyota engines. I don't remember. You can mix and match the 2F yeah. and the 3FE to make a 2FE. That that was the after show with Andy, I think we were talking about Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our Patreon after shows. So if you're a big yeah. fan, if you like what you're listening to, Land Cruiser folks, you'll want to listen to our Patreon after shows. You can find yeah. us on patreon.com. Slash Whalen Radio. Slash Whalen Radio. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, they did that. Uh, there was a number of other little things, but they, <laughs> they really updated the FJ62. Nice. Um, there's there's a couple things with that. Uh, the fuel injection um, was a great you know option to upgrade. It was pretty mm-hmm. you know good little engine. Not very good um, gas mileage, but they went from Bummer. 373 to 410 gears. Ooh, changed nice gear upgrade. ratio. Um, unfortunately, the gas tanks are rust prone, and oh. the 62 series tanks are not available anymore. The 60 series Bummer. tanks still are. Do they fit? Uh, they do, but the, the fuel-injected ones have a cup and stuff in the bottom, so there's oh, modifications yeah. necessary. Bummer. There's a recall on it, though. I could still take my Land Cruiser in, and, and it's an active recall. They'll replace the tank for free. I would so do that just to do it. <laughs> just to do it. <laughs> so a lot of people still do it. People nice. go in. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, they've got all this, uh, this this great stuff with it when they went to the 62. Um, they went to um, a cable opener for the locking gas door. Just little mm. like upgrades. 
Well, I was going to do that on Project XJ. I have everything to do it. I just have to run it, hook it up, but I don't think I'm going to do it. Too gotcha. much of a pain. I mean, maybe still, but eh. So as a wheeling guy and yeah. as an off-road wheeling guy, do you know what the 60 Series offered uh, that inspired a modern product? Hmm. I can't even fathom a guess. Give me, give me a clue. Wasn't available in the North American market, so I we didn't get know. this cool thing because you know it would be in mine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Um, but helps with your traction. Lockers? Factory lockers? Factory cable-operated lockers. Oh, nice. In the 60 Series overseas, mm-hmm. and very rare in Canada, you could get factory cable lock operated front and rear lockers now as we've talked many times on the show the 80 series had the e-lockers yeah but the 60 series is what inspired the ox locker creator to create cable operated lockers to sell for other axles that is awesome so that is yeah, awesome. You could get. I would love to get a set of those, but they're pretty rare and very expensive I if you can it. find them. I believe it. But cable <laughs> operated sixty series lockers would be better. Ox lockers for it with the cables and be done. And they do make ox lockers for there them now too. Go. So you know, there you go. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's a that cool, would be cool though. That's a cool option, option though yeah. back then. You know, that would be sweet. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of cool things. Like I said, I'm a huge fan. I know we didn't do justice to the entire history of the 60 series um, by any means, but um, that'd be a really long episode. I feel. <laughs> yeah, John and I are huge off-road fans, yeah. huge wheeling fans, and um, if you've got just this like badass 60 series, we want to see picks on four by four. Yes, talk. please share and be like, hey man, and it could be a restored one. I was to say it can be cool built ones, built lifted, one. beat to crap. Yep. If what? you use it even better exactly that that's what i love to see is all the you know the stuff people use exactly yeah trailer queens are cool and all but i mean these things are built to run and use them exactly <laughs> in fact right now i'm not saying take out a nice new freshly restored one and beat the crap out of it but <laughs> the something you you didn't know and I, I wish i had a little more details on it but the current world record for the longest overlanding trip mm-hmm. is a married couple in an FJ60 Land Cruiser. We talked about them. Did we? Yeah, in our overlanding episode. And they have names. been, I, I may have forgotten about that, but they yeah. have been overlanding, consistently traveling. They're over 600,000 miles, something Jeez. like that, on their FJ60. Good lord! Um, that they live out of for like twenty seven years. I think I'm 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 not even two thirds of the well. I'm a little over two thirds of the way to that with all my vehicles mileage combined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought That's it'd awesome. be more miles than that, but I mean, they stop, they spend oh, yeah. time in communities and things That's like awesome. that. But that is cool. Um, what a cool way to get around. So that would be awesome. Yeah, one day. Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, anything else you want to talk about? I know you're not a huge um, foreign guy, but you've come to appreciate some of the things they offered. I, I definitely have, and this this year when you started getting into these is what kind of grew that appreciation through me. Yeah. Or for me, I should say. And, I mean, yeah, actually seeing some of these parts and just how well-built these things are, they're awesome. <laughs> they yeah. are cool. 
Uh, thank you for saying that. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about today? or Not that I can think of here. All right, man. Well, I tell you what. Let's uh, let's do a couple of quick museum things. The Museum of Off-Road oh, yeah, Adventure yeah, yeah. is still not open to the public. We're still kind of deciding on an opening date. we got a couple of projects going on. Mm-hmm. We did just recently acquire, John, you came and yeah, helped. Yeah, those uh, are cool. Two vintage Bricklin Auto signs from the Bricklin Motor Car Company, which uh, is out of business. These are probably less than 10 of these in existence. Very, very rare pieces. Uh, giant well, signs. Yeah, the one, huge. one giant dealership sign. We had to move with a high low. <laughs> put it in there. Um, really cool. We'll pull some pictures online soon. Yes. Some videos. Um, well, that's what's going on with the museum. Um, personal projects. I ordered wheel bearings finally for the lang- for the uh, excursion. excursion. Nice, um, nice. Congratulations. But beyond that, uh, not much. Just been busy at work. So, and I know you. Maybe we'll touch on the next episode about some of your projects. Yeah, I was going to wait for later on that one anyway. Perfect, perfect. (laughs) And uh, why don't you tell people where to reach us and where to um, Well, Keith's phone number is 810. Yeah, go Um, ahead. (laughs) No, no. Um, As we mentioned earlier, go on Facebook.com slash group slash 4x4talk or just type 4x4talk in search bar. They'll pull it up. A couple quick questions to get to our community page, we'll call it. Um, any questions you want to ask, you want to see other people's posts, post some cool pictures up, go for it. Uh, we do have the after shows we mentioned, the end of the trail, on patreon.com slash wheelandradio. Low as $2 a month access, you get a lot of cool bonus material that we just can't get to during our regular shows or a lot of extra fun stuff, a little more relaxed, a little more risque of a show. Absolutely. Um, as always, a huge thanks to Mr. Andrew, our producer, even though you're not here today. We're he will be editing this. Yep. Yep, you're going to hear this later. Uh, without him, none of this would be possible. And I think that's about it, because I, I don't know if we were still going to continue with the YouTube thing. We still haven't figured so, that out. Yeah, that, that is in limbo, but if you do check us out on YouTube, make sure to hit like and subscribe. See any future content that we do bring out. So with that, I'll say thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody.